The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. From Illinois and New York, it's The Paternity Test. This week... Bonus miles from heaven. Bumpy glows. Idiot Rupert Google search. And Swiss Army Knife Finger. And now, three men who have given the gift of life only to have their own whittled away. Here are the dads. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Borazzi in Chicago. Hey guys, it's Dave. <laughs> This is how I talk right now. Oh, poor Dave. That's a recording of Dave. He sent us to say hi, but he is recovering from his throat surgery. And from the sound of that, it's not going too well. Well, I owe you 50 bucks because he didn't die on the table. No. Okay. Well, that's, I guess that's a, that's a, a success. You could chuck. I thought for sure when they took off a note that big that you'd bleed out immediately. Yeah. I'm sure that they must have had many pints of blood on standby. Mm-hmm. We're pretty good with that laser to cauterize it. Dave's still recovering from his vocal node surgery, but from the sounds of I that, think of it more I more as I like when they remove when they separate Siamese twins than a node surgery. There's probably even a moment there where they weren't sure which one would live, the node or Ingle. <laughs> the node probably was starting to form its own vital organs at that point. Right. From the sound of it, I'm sorry, it Mrs. Ingle. We've decided to just go ahead and save the node and. Uh, we're going to have to let David die. <laughs> the note is just more viable. Oh, poor Dave. Still on vocal rest. And, and I, I tell you what, I hope that that recording is not is, is not an indication of how well the recovery is going because that doesn't sound good. And he, that was way – what, they gave him four days of vocal rest? Four days of complete vocal rest where he wasn't supposed to say anything at all. And I wonder how good he was. That's got to be hard. It's got to be hard. I know he, he said that he he woke up. And didn't realize it, but he like woke up and whispered something to his daughter, and like, just forgot that he wasn't supposed to talk because we talk all the time. So it's hard to forget. It's hard Blood to re- just pour it out of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got twins, so one runs one way and one yeah. runs the other. So you can catch he... one, but you have to shout at the other, right? Yeah, or you just you're you're just choosing at that point. You know, it's like Batman. You know, you either you save either your girlfriend or you save the DA, but you can't save them both. You save Josie, I'll save CC. <laughs> That's kind of probably what he sounds like if you were to say that right now. Actually, <laughs> is he gonna is he gonna go ahead if his voice is not back? And mm-hmm. we thought he was on. He was gonna be on tonight because he was supposed to be. Yeah, we back. we were like we were, we prepared and we recorded two weeks of shows because we knew that he'd be gone and we like and then he'd be back for this week. Well, we heard the other day that he's like, "There's no way I can talk." Is and... he gonna go ahead and get the vasectomy without the voice back? Uh, yeah, well, I don't think the two are related, so I'm sure he can just go right ahead. He is getting the vasectomy. I thought, I think that's happening. Isn't that happening this week, or did it happen? Maybe it's happening, it's happening on Friday. This week is, should you go in when it's a power play? The hardest part is, will the doctor hear him when he's trying to tell him that he can feel everything? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> that, that, that the local anesthetic, you know, hadn't kicked in yet. <laughs> Meanwhile, the doctor's <laughs> digging around for your vas deferens. <laughs> You said uh, gender reassignment, right? <laughs> no, I said vasectomy. Gender reassignment it is, sir. <laughs> You'll make a beautiful woman. Well, welcome back to the podcast that doesn't have to worry about getting caught with an Ashley Madison account. But if anyone ever hacks Dolly Madison, our wives will find out exactly how many raspberry zingers we really eat. My dad gave me a banana split Twinkie the other day. And, you know, I saw they were doing flavor Twinkies. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to kick the, you know, I'm trying to lose some weight. And so I had been, you know, I've been doing pretty well. I'm proud of myself. Uh, but, you know, I was at my dad's house uh, last weekend and he pulled one of these out and I had to try one. You know, it, I wasn't going to eat an entire box, but I wanted one. It was. Well, it'd just be rude to turn him down. Exactly. I mean, I'm going to say, oh, no, yeah, those aren't for me. So I had, uh, I had one. It is, so it's a Twinkie. It's got like a strip of, I guess, like a cherry. It's got the regular cream in the middle, but it's got a strip on top of like a cherry gel. Gel. <laughs> yeah, I was going to call it a jam, but there's probably no real cherry in it. And then the whole thing is dipped in a very thin layer of chocolate, you know, almost like a Swiss roll or one of those other dipped in chocolate cakes. Chocodiles. Yes, like a chocodile or a ding dong. 
I don't know what made him name those things ding dongs, but nothing was better when your friend had one and you got to tell him he was eating a ding dong in like third grade. <laughs> hey, how do you like the ding dong? What's back from the Met? So Dolly Madison got bought by, I was going to say Hasbro, but that's not it. <laughs> Mattel. What's You're turning all the- your favorite Dolly Madison snacks into action figures. <laughs> that's right. Kung Fu Grip. Twinkie the Kid with swivel arm and battle grip. <laughs> What's the name of the company that went under and then it came back? Well, that was Hostess. Hostess, right. So Dally Madison went to Hostess. They made zingers. They went under. We freaked out. A listener in Alaska sent us, like, the last zingers in North America. But then eventually they came back. Twinkies came back. Did Ding Dongs come back? I think they're all back. Well, Ding Dongs are uh, a hostess, right? I believe you can get all the originals, you know, but now they're starting to do some uh, weird things You can't, though. You can't get really? Suzy Q's. Yeah, Suzy Q. And Red Fruit Punch were my lunch many days in junior high. Well, you really set a precedent for your lifelong <laughs> love affair with healthy eating. Well, it was either that. that My second choice was a honey bun. You were going for mass. The honey buns and the Suzy Q's were the largest of the Hostess products. Yeah, you know what? That is exactly where I was always trying to get my money's worth because I only had $2 for lunch. And so, it, you know, I could either get the, the full meal at the cafeteria you know, where they'd actually give you food or <laughs> or I could go to the snack bar where each, you know, where where my where my two dollars didn't go as far. So I had to get the largest item, mm-hmm. uh, which would be, yeah, the 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 Susie Q. You got you got your money's worth from the Susie Q or the or the honey bun, both large cakes. And the Zeus. Now I'm, I'm looking at um, I'm looking at Admiral a- snack bar. They used to call you. That's right. It's a snack. It's a snack. There are, on the hostess website, they still list ding-dongs, Twinkies, cupcakes, donuts, uh, ho-hos, ding-dongs, mini muffins, snowballs, zingers, and fruit pies. Along oh, with coffee snowballs cakes, are big, too, but they're gross. Cinnamon rolls and honey buns. Get sticky with it, it says, uh, under the old honey buns. Snowballs were the ones that I could just never get into. No, they're just too sticky and coconutty. Coconutty. Uh, what, wait, are ding-dongs the ones that look like hockey pucks? Yeah, Chocolate hockey, hockey pucks. pucks. I actually still have a box of Hostess Suzy Q's in the cupboard. And They're like the last, four years old. When's the last time that you broke one open? When I bought that box. But if we do a live show or something, I'm busting that out. I'm going to eat it in front of people. Do they have an expiration date? Presumably. But I think that's a suggestion. No, it's that's not a hard and fast date. And it probably hasn't even approached yet. You can make your own uh, Suzy Q's, you know. There's recipes out there. I don't think you're ever going to get the the same consistency, though. No, it won't be quite so spongy and mechanized. No, no, this is what I'm looking for in a dessert. <laughs> it's time once again for Penny Wise and a Dollar Short. That's where the Chinese financial crisis doesn't stop us from spending U.S. dollars on things we don't need. So before I get into my story, I have an update to my credit card rewards mission that I'm on. Uh, have you lost your uh, house yet? So uh, we're recording this on a, on a Wednesday, and just a couple of days ago was the, the huge sell-off on the stock market. And I was watching that morning. I had to take my car in Monday morning, and there was – so they had on like CNBC or whatever, and they were just talking about, you know, this is going to be – you know, one of the worst days that we've had in so many years, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it was so gloom and doom and kind of a, and, and I'm sure it turned into kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy a little bit, you know. We were like, well, this is going to suck. So it sucked, right? But then the next day and in the days since then, like there's been big gains again. So I get annoyed with how they focus so much on one day or one little blip in the, in the stock market, like it's going to change the world when... It's not. It's one day. It's it's the long game, and it's not. You know, it's not a big deal. It's a, it, so anyway. It was. Just, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing on TV about how terrible it was going to be. And then the next day, like, cel- people celebrating. You know that it gained six hundred points. So yeah, it was a little correction. And yeah. when you know, well, like you said, it is self fulfilling prophecy. Like, great, start a market panic, start a massive sell off. That's fantastic mm-hmm. for the economy. Well, I'm doing my part because I am now part of the credit card rewards program, and so I need to get my bonus points, right? So I signed up for this thing because you get pretty much enough bonus points in the first three months to uh, get two free plane tickets. Which you, was what got you on board with this? Got me on board in the first place. In the first place. You wanted free plane tickets, and now you are a walking stimulus package. I am. 
in more ways than one. So I've got to put $4,000 on this credit card in the first three months to get my giant bonus point thing. We put you know all of our gas stuff on a credit card, so we're close to doing that anyway, but, but I'm a little nervous that we might just be a little bit short. And so I find myself looking for things to buy now for, you know, <laughs> and I decided that it was that we were going to buy a new TV. So I bought I bought a thousand dollar TV just so I could put it on the credit card. And no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Did you need a new TV? Well, like did a TV burst into flames? No, I have a perfectly good working TV. Now it, it is old. It's nine years old. It's a DLP projection TV. It it is an HD TV, but it's old. It's a 720p HD TV, so it is. It's definitely on its way out in terms of technology. No one, you can't even buy a DLP TV anymore. But it was still working just fine. I just put a new lamp in it. Like these are the, the kind of TVs you have to put a new lamp in when because you know it's like a projector. Put a new lamp in it recently. It looked like new. It looks great. There's really nothing wrong with it. But it wasn't current at all. By any stretch of the imagination, like our Xbox looked okay on it, but I go to someone else's house and they have a modern TV, and they put their Xbox on, and it's like, whoa, that's what it's supposed to look like. So I've always Wait, so been a little jealous. A, I got some not TV. A flat TV? It's flat. Yeah, it's flat, but it's a DLP TV, so it's got Meaning a, it's not a rear projection. Or L- yeah, it's not LED or plasma CD. or LED. OLED or LCD. It's a projection TV, right? So anyway, I decided I started doing research, which of course I'm a huge researcher. I, I go to as soon as I buy something, I want to buy a big thing, a mattress, a TV, car, whatever. I'm I'm Mister Research. So I found what I wanted. You got a Consumer Reports app on a contact mm-hmm. lens, and I start it's a heads up. It's a heads up display of Consumer <laughs> Reports. Right. It's a, it's like what the Terminator sees, only instead of saying like terminate or destroy, when I, I just look at products and it tells me what their Consumer Reports rating is. Recommended. Do not buy. Highly recommended. Best buy. Yeah, you got a little Ralph Nader in a in an earbud whenever you look at anything. And he says, uh, you know, unsafe at any speed or don't give up. So I started to plant the seed with Kelly. Uh, well, little did I know that she like I'm trying to sell her on this TV and she's like, finally get them to the store. And I'm trying to convince my family that we need this TV. And at some point, Kelly's like, you realize that you don't have to convince me. Like, I don't even know what you're saying right now. So if you want it, just get it. So I could have saved myself a lot of time and just run to the store. You're doing a rollout. You're wearing a black turtleneck. Mm -hmm. You get a laser pointer. (laughs) I was wearing my my stonewashed jeans and black turtleneck. This is going to be huge for our family. So I bought the TV, put it on the old rewards card. The J family future is now. With new TV, you're living in tomorrow. Except uh, I got it home and I immediately had buyer's remorse. How come? Uh, well, because you know you always think, well, if, you know, for a hundred dollars more, I could have got the next step up, or for maybe I didn't need to get this. You know, I could have saved this money by not getting this one. I mean, I got one that was decent, right? It's a thousand dollar TV, so it's not it's not cheap. It's a, this year's TV. It's a Samsung. I love Samsung TVs, but there's better versions of this TV, and there's step down versions of this TV. Well, what does a TV do these days? Because we haven't bought a TV in a while. We, I think one's we're going to need one pretty soon. I don't know. I don't know that we have a $1,000 TV in this house. But what's a TV do now? Like, well, I'm realizing. Is it 3D? Is it? No, it's not 3D at all. It is a 4K, which is a step up from 1080p, but there's not a lot of 4K content out there. But so 4K sounds better than 3D. It sure Just does. 4 is a bigger number and K is a bigger letter. That's true. So that sounds like like a hologram should shoot out like R2-D2. <laughs> well, it just means there's more pixels in the screen. But the problem is it doesn't matter. Here's what I realize. And, and uh, at some point, the TVs are better than your eyes. You know what I right, mean? Right. So like only a bee can see <laughs> how nice your TV yeah, is. They, they're putting so many pixels in there that your eye, at some point, your eye cannot tell how many pixels there are. <laughs> you know, you guys pointed this out the last show, or maybe it was two shows ago when I first brought this up, that I'm going to end up putting so much stuff on this credit card to get these <laughs> reward points that I'm, I'm going to lose our house or something. So I'm a little worried about that because the first bill hasn't come in yet. But I feel like after this purchase, I can kind of relax a little bit. But I'm still doing things like Alex has school pictures tomorrow. So I go through the extra steps of instead of writing him a check, I go to the – you could go to the website and prepay with the credit card. So I'm like, got to get the rewards card out. Got to pay with the rewards card. And you make him get a bigger picture package than you would have. You want one with him on the ladder and one with the laser background, mm-hmm. one with him with his hand under his chin. You want one yep. with him. Yeah, his he's, dog. He's going to sister. <laughs> he's he's going in two hours early because I could I paid for the extra for the makeup session for the glamour shots. 
So he's gonna he's gonna have a a feather, feather boa, boa, sailor hat, <laughs> a sailor hat, and they're gonna put that put they're gonna put that real soft lens on, you know. So he's got that glow about him. <laughs> Look like Sybil Shepherd on moonlighting. <laughs> Hey folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? You can do it by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. Here's how you do it. It's very, very simple. Uh, When you want to shop on Amazon, go to paternitypodcast.com, go to the support page, click on the portal, and it will pop open an entire Amazon page, and that's it. Just go shopping. When you buy things on Amazon, Amazon sends us part of their profits. You don't have to pay extra. You don't sign up for anything. They know you came through the portal. They send us part of their profits. It's a nice little percentage. We use that money to keep this show on the air. I have purchased something on Amazon again this week, Todd, and it's an area in which I think you have a lot of expertise. Oh, what's that? Board games. I love board games. So I bought, at your suggestion, Hi-Ho Cherio. Of course, my wife gave me a guilt trip about that. She's like, why didn't you just give him ours? We have Because our kids have outgrown it. And it's obviously, she was right. I should have given you our Hi-Ho Cherio. Oh, but what about your kids' kids? Well, that's kind of what I said. I'm like, well, this is, you know, there's a couple games that you want to keep around. My my in-laws have kept everything that my wife and her siblings ever played with. So, like, they have all the original little people things, the airport with the plane and all that stuff. The airport. Yeah. So they kept everything. But there's some things that I do want to keep, and I think Hi-Ho Cherry is one of them. Like, I think that should be the first game that I play with my first grandkid when they're old enough to play a game. Yeah, because my daughter now is going to my parents' house. And we got rid of a lot of games, but we kept a lot of games, too, and they're starting to come into vogue with the baby, and she's very excited to go down there and play these 70s, 80s board games. I can't wait till she gets to the G.I. Joe Commando Attack game. Oh, yeah. You think she's going to be mm-hmm. into that? I don't know if she'll turn into a boy between now and the appropriate is gonna, age. Is she going to get to break out the USS flag? You know it. Oh, oh here's what something she broke out and, and reappropriated. There's a game called Fireball Island. Do you remember this? And it's a big board. In my head, it, you could go hiking on it. Mm-hmm. It's so big, but I'm sure it's not. But it's like the size of a coffee table. I guess I like the big toys. Kind of like you know? it. The board kind of looks like the game of life, except a volcano instead of suburban street layout. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, but it's it, the topography is profound. Uh, what do you call that? Like a globe that's bumpy. Sure, that would be a bumpy globe. <laughs> yes, it's like that. So the the volcano rises way up off the board. And then there's a tiki head in the middle that belches plastic fireballs that roll down the oh, board. Oh, they actually do. Yeah, like Mousetrap or something. It rolls down the board and it knocks over explorers that are standing on bridges and stuff all along the board. So you're trying to wipe out your opponent's explorers. So she has busted out Fireball Island, taken out the board, set it up. She's too young to play it, but she just throws the explorer figures to the side and then has Anna and Elsa try to climb the mountain <laughs> and she calls it fireball princesses it's funny that uh, uh queen elsa would be on fireball island oh right it really foils her power set yeah like cancels her out so it'd be like moderately temperate all the time right i would just get pneumonia from the changing <laughs> fronts <laughs> so have you ventured into more games then oh yeah so we got um we got mousetrap and you have an i would call it a game closet like you have a pretty lot much. of games. That's pretty much what that closet exists for is for us to put games in it. But Mousetrap well, is not one of the games we own though. And I'm I've, it's always been one we never had it in my house growing up, so I've never been like a mousetrap person, but I go to a friend's house like when I was a kid and they'd have it and I did think it was the coolest thing ever. See, likewise. I never had it. I played it and so it seemed extra cool. I haven't played it since the 70s 80s version. There've been iterations since I bought the latest version, which is actually they've youthened it. Like they've made it for tinier kids. And she was excited. You know, I showed her a couple of options and she picked Mousetrap. It came. And it's been a disaster. Oh, no. Um, it's very toyetic, even more than it used to be. Like this, because they've knocked the age limit down a couple of years on it. So the, the parts are really chunky. And they're trying to do some kind of marketing synergy thing with some other characters they evidently own because now they call it Ella Fun and Friends. Oh, well, Ella Fun, Ella Fun is another game that you can get. So they're doing, there's definitely some cross. So Ella Fun is a, is a game that we have where it's a little elephant that sits on the floor 
and it shoots out of its it has, the trunk is like a fabric tube with a fan at the bottom and it and it and it blows out little pieces of fabric like butterflies and you try to catch them with the with a net and whoever catches the most butterflies wins that's elephant Ooh, does it work yeah it does it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of fun so they actually they nailed the name it's an elephant 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 <laughs> So now it's Elephant's Mousetrap. I think mm-hmm. it's weird that they wouldn't make Elephant Mousetrap because I feel like Mousetrap's more famous than Elephant. But they've put it, set it in a jungle. Other characters of Elephant's friends are the parts like Giraffe named Giraffafun leans over and knocks off the ball bearing through the bathtub. And the net is held by Chasing Cheeky the monkey and he slides down. Instead of the guy flipping into the cup, a hungry hippo, like a hungry, hungry hippo. Oh, wow goes flying off of a teeter-totter into a pool of water, which drops the monkey. Mm-hmm. So it's all these jungle characters, including the hungry hippo. Here's what's weird. The players are still mice, and the base looks like Swiss cheese with a jungle on it. So I don't understand mm-hmm. why they're like North American domestic mice, Swiss cheese, mm-hmm. and jungle. Because the idea of like a sweaty, pungent cheese in the jungle... It's not appealing to me. Yeah, like why is there a palm tree in growing out of a Swiss cheese? Growing out of a Swiss cheese. And then you have animals from Africa and Asia. I guess they could be I guess maybe elephant is an African elephant. Are there African little mice with big ears? You see how there's some uh there's some dissonance happening yeah, in this game. Absolutely. Conceptual dissonance. The whole cheese thing, right? Just putting the whole thing on a piece of cheese is is a it throws everything off. Jungle cheese. Jungle cheese. It's jungle cheese. You should have called it jungle cheese. Can you still Here's get... Here's the other problem. Yeah. The jungle cheese is problem one. Jungle... Uh, problem two, the game doesn't work. No. And it especially doesn't work if you're three. Oh, like, yeah. if I if I set it up, and I... You know, as best as I can, so that all the parts seem like they're going to fire, and I make it go myself, and I make my daughter stand on the other side of the room, <laughs> I can get it to accurately function... Mm, Two times out of ten. And whenever she moves the mice around the board, she always sets off various parts. So it looks great. It doesn't function at all. So I jumped on Amazon and I read the reviews. And, of course, you know, once I'd already purchased it. And every review said, don't buy this. It doesn't work. I mean, really bad reviews. Did you consider getting the original? Well, not the original, but the latest, the the one that looked like one. There's a 2005 version that you can get on Amazon that looks like the real mousetrap. Yes, so then I read the reviews of that, mm-hmm. and every review is terrible for the same reason. They said it doesn't work at all. It looks like the 70s one, but it's flimsier, and it never, ever, ever goes off correctly, ever, period. Mm-hmm. Full stop, which is why they replaced it again with Ella Fun. Now, here's my question. Did the 70s one actually work? I don't know because we never really played it. Like, I saw it right. at my friend's house. It looked cool on the box. But now that you mention it, I don't know that I've ever sat down and played Mousetrap. There is a distinct possibility that setting up an elaborate Rube Goldberg mechanism for six-year-olds to play with mm-hmm. and then trying to get it down to, like, a $14 price point is a fool's errand. The kids of that age are – you're asking a little too much of them to not, not – like you said, to, every time they do something on this game, they're going to knock into something. Yeah. They're just nothing. But she likes playing with it as a toy. Like she doesn't she's like, "Ah, the game's boring," which it is. So she just plays Jungle Cheese Princesses. <laughs> now nah, that's a game worth playing. It's time once again for Scary Clowns and Filthy Elmos. That's where we fill our seltzer bottle with terror. Relatively sure the world is ending, that revelation is upon us because mm-hmm. the stock market is falling, the Chinese economy is in the tank, gas is down, Trump is the front runner for president, there is a lion like creature loose in Milwaukee, there's a wildcat loose in Beloit, and now there is a poisonous cottonmouth snake in your neighborhood? Uh, just north of me here in the western suburbs of uh, Geneva out here just west of Chicago, I guess is a, someone spotted a cottonmouth. And the, and the whole Chicagoland area lost their minds over it. It was on all the news channels. They sent out news trucks to take shots of tall grass where the snake <laughs> could potentially be. So everyone did their news stories on it yesterday. It was a huge deal. They had snake hunters out there pointing 
at places. So, I mean, they obviously were looking for the snake, and they looked very official because they had sticks and things. So it was a big deal out there. Now, they were pointing with the sticks, or they were using the sticks as walking sticks and pointing with the other hand? Oh, they did a little of both. You know, I think they wanted, wow. to, they wanted to let you know that they knew how to handle a stick. Really are experts. They were experts, yeah, in stick handling and snake pointing at. Well, if you are a loose, poisonous snake expert, you don't get called out of the bat cave very often. Not in the Chicagoland area. I mean, if you're no. in uh, New Mexico, you probably are pretty busy. Oh, sure. Or the Congo. Or the Congo, yeah. But if you're hanging out in Oak Park, you probably don't get a lot of poisonous snake calls. How long are these things? They said its girth is as big around as a soda can. It was spotted by a roofer. I guess he's had a good vantage point from the roof. So there was a picture of it, and the picture is what you know made the snake experts go, oh, yeah, that's a cottonmouth. Not, not just a cottonmouth, but a cottonmouth water moccasin or something like that. I always thought water moccasins were those boots that you would wear, though. Like boat shoes? Like with no socks, like in the 80s? Water yeah. moccasins? Weren't those called uh, water moccasins? Or am I just an idiot? <laughs> I just think of the little Cobra vehicle, the water moccasin. And it was driven by a guy named Copperhead. Oh, yeah. Water moccasins. They're, they're just moccasins, yeah. I guess. They're not really water moccasins. So a cotton. Oh, just moccasins? Yeah. Let's say the word moccasins somewhere because cause it pretty much it, it's lost its meaning in my mind moccasin, right now. Moccasin, moccasin, moccasin. Yeah. It's just, we got a moccasin. You have any moccasins? <laughs> water moccasins. I got dirt moccasins. I got... Uh, Moccasins, mo- oh, it's getting really weird now. Lousy moccasins. Moccasins are like Indian shoes, right? Sure. Like with little tassels on them. Yes. Boat shoes, Indian shoes. Yeah. When you say water, I think of boat shoes. But you say moccasins, I think of Indians. You think of cottonmouths, I think of <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe. Well, it turns out that the roofer that showed the picture to the uh, snake expert, and the snake expert assumed that he took the picture, turns out he just did a Google search for poisonous snakes and found a picture that looks similar to what he thought he saw and Come showed on. that to the snake expert. So he was on a roof many, many feet from where a snake would be, mm-hmm. thought he saw a snake from a roof, did a Google image search for a giant snake I thought I saw, Yep, and brought that into a snake expert. Yep, and then that was distributed to all the news agencies that ran on the news. You know, people were calling around uh, the hospitals, trying to track down the anti-venom and have it flown into the area in case someone got bit. And it, it turns out that it really could just be a common everyday snake. Wow, we really need the murder rate to go back up in this city because <laughs> we're getting stupid. Besides the fact that cottonmouths aren't typically found in Illinois, they're also not typically aggressive, right? Unless you happen, I guess if you walked by like really close to one, it would think maybe you were... But it's not. it's not like hunting... It's not like slithering into houses and looking for the nearest crib or anything, you know? Uh, not yet. <laughs> not to look at a taste for blood. Mm-hmm. Nice, tasty, fat St. Charles baby or Batavian <laughs> toddler. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Well, I think that uh, lions in Milwaukee and water moccasins in Geneva are nothing compared to raw meat-dropping druids in Gastonia, North Carolina. Uh, evidently, it's Gastonian Druid time again in the South because there are out-of-focus photos being taken of a very pale-skinned, cloak-wearing figure dropping raw meat around playgrounds in North Carolina. Is it just for the kids, you think? They're just trying to... Is it, is it like Give them a, some iron? <laughs> yeah, is it kind of like a paleo diet? You just eat raw? It could be a Druid nutritionist. It could mm-hmm. be that they're trying to lead... Milwaukee Lions into parks to eat the children. Or it could be someone trying to be even creepier than the clown who sat in the uh, cemetery <laughs> waving to passersby. Someone's like, well, I got to one-up this. And give me some raw meat. I'm going to get me a uh, a Voldemort cape or whatever it is, a cloak or whatever mm-hmm. the guy's wearing. Looks very pale in the picture. I don't know if that's made up or what. Like, uh... Yeah, I don't know if that's body paint or if that person is just that pale. Because they look absolutely Voldemortian. They look like it's either a Voldemort or, yeah, Palpatine. It's, you know, definitely got that vibe about him, but he's dropping raw meat. You know? It could just be somebody on their way to a Magic the Gathering tournament <laughs> at the local comic shop dropping yeah. their lunch. They, yeah, they were maybe they were in charge of bringing the meat for the, <laughs> for the Magic the Gathering cookout, and they're just, they've got <laughs> Butterfingers. You know, just, you know, didn't, did not plan ahead for the trip. 
And next thing you know, you know, they're going to show up and uh, no not going to have for the grill because no the satchel was so full of dice with many sides. <laughs> many sided dice. It's funny. These stories, I think they're started by the people who are involved because if I'm standing there and I see a guy in a cloak dropping raw meat here in a playground, I don't think I'm just going to take a picture and post to Twitter and not follow up. Like there's going to be some there's good, we're going to figure to the bottom of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, unless the unless the cloaked figure disapparates, sure, or flies away on a broom, mm-hmm. just follow them to the Renaissance Fair or wherever it is that they're headed. <laughs> maybe they have maybe they have a sensitivity to sun and that they just are wearing that for their own protection. Right, just an albino or a, a porphyric mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, when do they ever cause trouble except for in Dan Brown novels? like the paternity test please help us tell other people about it subscribe on itunes and leave us a rating and a review it's quick it's easy and improves our itunes ratings and helps new listeners find us listener farscape 29 says man i love this show i love the old show too but this is spot on being around the same age is great and it's good to know that my kids aren't any crazier than any other kids a little bit of old man regrets a lot of humor and a healthy dose of nostalgia these guys are great keep up the good work and f-u-o-m thanks and keep them coming Stop harassing Megan Kelly and read our tweets. Like our page on Facebook, share our posts, and follow us on Pinterest, on Instagram at The Paternity Test, and on Twitter at The Dad Test. Send us a question or comment for The Paternity Test mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Jen in Chicagoland writes to us, Trying to catch up, and I'm listening to episode two. So very funny. My great-grandfather lived with the Bergen family. When Edgar, Edgar Bergen, the Mm -hmm. ventriloquist, was just starting to be serious with Charlie, Charlie McCarthy. Uh, That was on Waveland Avenue, a couple blocks from Wrigley Field. I don't know what they were doing crashing with the Bergen family. There is a subsequent message that she sent where she said her great-grandfather was a woodcarver. So I don't know if he was actually there to make ventriloquist dummies with the Bergens, or that's that's just extra information and he happened to be, you know, a boarder or something. This is before... Edgar hit it Mm -hmm. it big, right? So maybe they were taking in borders. It's starting to be serious with Charlie. So they're just beginning to get physical. (laughs) How did it – why were we talking about – oh, because we're talking about ventriloquists. I said that uh, I was terrorized and terrified by an Edgar Edgar Winter. Nope, that would be scary. Oh, Carol Channing. Edgar Winter ventriloquist. We're we're talking about your Carol Channing doll and the – where's the Carol Channing doll these days anyway? Still in the car? Uh, Carol Channing made it in the house, but is kind of buried in the walk-in, except oh. when I pull her out. to The baby keeps finding her, dragging her out, and then lying, you know, laying her arms akimbo oh, in a random great. room, which really drives my wife around the bend. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Murphy you Brown should, you, Edgar Bergen's daughter? Yes. Candace. Candace Bergen. I think you should just start posing carol around the house so that when your wife wake you know walks in the kitchen carol's sitting there with a cup of coffee or when she goes to the bathroom maybe she opens the door and and carol's sitting on the toilet uh that would be great if i want to live in the car instead of carol (laughs) my wife has said in no uncertain terms if i start scaring her with the carol chanting doll if i put it under the covers if i you know put it somewhere in the dark that that's it for me Mm. i'm gonna go live in my parents basement but God, why would you buy a Carol Channing dummy if not to scare people with it? Well, just to to do your fabulous Carol Channing impersonation, I suppose. I guess I could just, you know, I I, I did spend several solid hours singing before the parade passes by, and diamonds are girl's best friend. But <laughs> I'm over it now. Well, but now you have to learn how to do it without moving your lips. Oh, I got to drink a water while she sings. Diamonds are girl's best friend. It shouldn't be that hard because trying to talk without moving your lips makes your voice all screwed up anyway. So, how much more? oh, it's better. Yeah, yeah. It actually, that's exactly how Might you be do. The secret to yeah. That's how you do a Carol Jane impersonation. You try not to move your mouth and try to talk through your teeth. I opened it, that book and a leaf fell out, Horace, before the parade. Yep, it's better that way. <laughs> also, leave us a voicemail at our new phone number six five seven. Bad dads, because we're out in the club and we're sipping that bub, so we're not picking up our telephone. Hey, uh, paternity testers. Uh, this is Michael calling from New York of OperaNowPodcast.com. Uh, listening to the latest... That was a very timely horn. 
Wow. The that? only way that could have been more New Yorkies is if someone shouted, I'm walking here. <laughs> exactly. All right. Back to my go. Episode about the missing fingers. Recall to mind a story. A uh, good friend of mine, uh, we went to meet a girl. I think he was dating at the time. Like picking her up from the train, whatever she was from. They were dating in college, so she had come. And I don't know. Somehow, or maybe we were dropping her off at the train station. I don't know. She had been there visiting him one. at his home. <laughs> and uh, met her father. Went to shake her father's hand, and shockingly realized that he was missing. I guess I don't know what they're officially called, but you know, none and we, we, we on what? his uh, on his right hand. So he kind of looked like uh, a drac from Enemy Mine. <laughs> the two fingers and the thumb. So to this day, my friend and I, every now and then, one of us will just go to shake each other's hand if we haven't seen each other. We don't see each other that often now, but we'll shake each other's hand sometimes. Through the... All right, keep up the good work. Enjoying the new show. He said the uh, fingers that were missing. So the wee, 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 that would be the pinky finger. And what was the other one he was referring to? Oh, well, I, I assumed like the dad was always throwing horns, like was in Motley yeah. Crue mode constantly, right? So you got <laughs> thumb, index, pinky, uh-huh. which would make for a very strange handshake, a very disturbing, a very upsetting handshake. Yeah. So when so, uh, so now when they meet, they just hide. They like fold in a couple of their fingers for the handshake. It also means you're always throwing the throwing a curse, right? Like you walk around with with a thumb and index finger and a pinky, and every Sicilian grandma you see is gonna. Mm-hmm. Like spit on the ground. Here's what I don't understand about amputees. If you're an amputee listener, give us a call and tell us why people don't get more creative with prosthetics. Whenever you get a prosthetic, it is basically just trying to fit back in. Like get back a, a facsimile of what you lost. And I understand that cosmetically and sort of dignity-wise or, or yeah. trying to stay, you know, stay under the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if you had to lose your limb, you know, whether it's a finger or, or a leg, why get a pale imitation of what you used to have? Well, you can upgrade a little you bit. You could upgrade, I guess. I, I think they're starting to do that now more because you can get prosthetics that cater to certain skills that you want to be able to do. So there's that. But then you like, could, could you get like a USB pinky? Oh, absolutely. Oh, you yeah. You certainly have the, the Blade Runner legs. Like you certainly have yeah. the – extra fast legs and they're like i don't care that my leg doesn't look like a leg i can run faster than a cheetah and that's pretty baller i think but like so you lose a couple fingers couldn't you get swiss army knives in there like i would love a corkscrew what happens when you gotta pick your nose oh you really gotta think about that you should wear safety goggles for at least six months after you get a you know a beer opener in place of your finger now i there are some cool ones out there but you would think like i would uh, I, i would just think that if Say, you know, like a one of my kids lost a limb. God forbid. God forbid. Hey, God. So anyway, that you, you would think that, you know, when they if they had to get a prosthetic that you'd want to, you know, you'd want to give them some kind of upgrade so that they feel cooler about it. So whether right. whether that's a design thing or a functionality thing, I'm sure it could also is a cost thing, too. But like if, if I had to replace Alex's hand one day, I would want to give him like a Wolverine hand, you know. That oh, like five great. blades shoot out of <laughs> whenever he needs five blades to shoot out of his hand. And think of what a great shave he'd get with five blades. Want some life hacks for feeding your kids, guides on attachment parenting for your middle schooler, or gentle stories of laughter and hope? Well, you'll find none of those in our monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine, nor in our paternity test blog every week at chicagoparent.com. Take our quiz. What do your children's teachers really think of you? Read our guide to how your child's picky eating is iTunes' fault or how Netflix's plethora of choices has ruined our lives. See you there. Netflix has ruined my life. <sighs> Not only is there too many choices, I think they purposely make it hard to navigate so you can't find things you want or even browse things you might want. The way that they have it organized is ridiculous. It's, 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 it's terrible, and it was better... A few years ago than it is now. It's gotten worse as far as navigating. I think it. I think it's on purpose for some reason. I think they're they they're something they think that somehow their pawns have been over on you by like keeping you there longer or whatever it is, 
Right. That maybe you'll stumble on shows that you didn't know you wanted to watch. Yeah, they're pushing things. You know, they're pushing in the well, hands. Well, there's no – here's my biggest beef is that there's no sorting of any kind. You, they have categories, you know, that you can scroll down and go, you know, popular TV or popular this or popular that. But let me, let me drill down. Like, let me say I want to see all PG-13 and lower-rated movies that are comedies. And, right. it, and if I want to, that are like three stars or more, whatever. So that if I'm just saying, like, what – I'm looking for a movie to watch with my kids. So it's got to be PG-13 or less, and it's got, you know. So now I have to go other places and do searches and then th- see if that's on Netflix. And actually what I've done now is I go to Rotten Tomatoes because they do that for you. Oh, they do? So then I, I, go to, I go to Rotten Tomatoes, and they tell me what's on Netflix, and I can drill down by a certain freshness rating and then by, wow. I think, by genre, but not by rating. You know, I still have to figure that part out. But. I spent half my night last night trying to find – this show, Mr. Robot, that everybody's talking about? Oh, I, I've been binge-watching Mr. Robot for How? two weeks. It's on demand on Comcast. I'm nerding out a little bit with it because I like all the computer crap, and, and part of me wonders how much of it is realistic, but I think they're tying it all together here at the end. Tonight's huh. episode is the, is the finale of this season. Actually, I found it on Rotten Tomatoes because they also do TV shows now, too. Everybody's talking about it. You have DirecTV? I think so, or do I dish? I must have DirecTV, right? I had one, and now I have the other, and I can't remember because they both start with a D. And now it's time for Pizza Robots and Laser Tag. That's where we send out the Evites and collect all the presents. All right, got a fourth birthday coming up in our house, and we screwed up because we went pretty big on the third birthday. You did. That was like a that was the whole uh, Queen Elsa, right? Is that right? You brought in like live actors to play Queen Elsa. Yeah. Well, you know, we get a deal on live actors in this family. <laughs> well, sure. You barter, right? That's right. We do this in kind. I give you some chickens. You give me some. You know, you mm-hmm. give me dental work. It's like that. <laughs> and so, you know, the party itself was fairly modest. You know, I don't think the food was mm-hmm. that fancy or, or anything. But, but it made the, an impression. Yeah, I mean, the favors were nice and the decorations were good, but then two two princesses show up and do a 20-minute set and lead some games, and yeah, that's going to stick with you for a while. Has she All made right, any Elsa. requests for this year? Well, that's the that's the problem. I mean, Frozen's been big for like three years now. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have the characters from that Herman's Head CG <laughs> thing come yeah. in, right? We decided to go with the princess theme again. Well, okay, here's the problem. We've got two problems. My My troubles are twofold. Location and theme. Okay. Location, you've been in my house. It's mm-hmm. the square footage overall is okay. Yeah. But the allotment is not good yeah. for entertaining. Okay, I see what you're saying. A third of the house is the master suite. Yes. That is so true. it so it only leaves like a third of it for the great room. So when you have a bunch of people over, plus we've got a piano, it really it gets cramped in a hurry. And with little with kids this young, we got a deck in the back, but then you got two flights of stairs between the deck and our condo. So yeah. now you've got three-year-olds tumbling down <laughs> wooden staircases sure. all day. So my wife said, I don't like setting up. I don't like cleaning up. I don't like how cramped it gets. I don't like how hot it gets. Let's go find an external location. Okay. It gets you into some money right quick. Have you ever rented a location for a birthday party? Uh, well, it depends on what you're thinking of in terms of location. Well, even if you do like a part district thing. What we don't have is a good just like that would be the most out. affordable. I would think is that you could get a room in a park district building for two hours. It is, but they don't give you anything. So you're paying a couple few, you know, two, three, four, two, three, four hundred dollars for a yeah. Chicago Park District, and that's no food. You still have to bring in all the food and all yeah. the plates and cups and heat up the food if you're going to have anything hot. So now what are you doing? You're bringing in sterno warming trays, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, hot plates? What are you doing here? A caterer? I think that's, that's, I think that's when you do like sub sandwiches or something. I guess that's cold or just pizzas, lots of pizzas. Lots of pizzas, yeah, if you get pizza delivered there. Yeah, we'll see. And then if you did like a party at a place that gives you all the stuff, you're talking about paying between 12 and $18 a kid depending on what your activity is. Right, and I'm not pl- planning on paying that much until my kid gets married. Are, do you so, have any are, – are you near any – bouncy type places like you know like a, we have ones around here called like bounce town or monkey joe's or places like that you made up monkey joe's right no that's a real place it's like an indoor play place for kids monkey joe's bouncy jeff yep freddy skullcracker <laughs> <laughs> i just think a bunch of three-year-old four-year-olds are gonna get 
destroyed bouncing around in one of those pump it up Chicago or well, whatever. Good what because because uh, then they're exhausted. Like they 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 burn themselves out, and then then they're pretty calm for the for the presence at the end of the party. You know, for I suppose presence. We do get a lot of offers for like free tickets. Like the podcast gets a lot of offers for indoor skydiving and stuff. So I don't know if I should work that <laughs> angle. I, I don't know that four-year-old's ready for indoor skydiving. Because I think <laughs> when you put one of them in, they would just fly and get stuck to the ceiling because they're so light. <laughs> well, the pump, the pump it up places, I guess. What about like a museum or something? I just rent the field museum like it's a <laughs> yeah. The kids can event. ride the dinosaur. Can ride <laughs> ride Sue the Tyrannosaurus. Yeah, who wants to get on Sue next, you guys? <laughs> I could go to a, a, something less popular like the Peggy Bright Bite Bart Nature Museum. You sure. say, hey, who wants to stand by some cocoons? You're not too far from uh, the Polish Heritage Museum, I think. I'm sure you can get a room there. Oh, there you go. We could look at, uh, what, a statue of Paderewski? Casimir uh, Pulaski, I'm sure, has a whole room dedicated oh, to him. I bet he does. But he could wear a Lech Valesa mustache. So off-site is, is, is an issue. Now, the people I'm assuming you want to invite are our city folk mostly, right? So you don't want to move the party out of the city, right? Well, you've come to Viva's birthday parties before. It's a real chore for people from the Burbs because we live all the way on the lake. Well, so... what's, what's your ratio of Burbs to city in terms of guests, do you think? Mostly city because when it gets to the Burbs, we don't know whether we're insulting somebody more by not asking them or by asking them. <laughs> Yeah, because you're like, hey, okay, here's your invitation. Here's your, here's your death sentence to drive in an hour and twenty minutes to our house and bring a present with you, you know. Yeah, and you only get to stay for two hours because that's a, that's our party window. You right, that's home. a toddler attention span. Yeah, so. a, yeah, yeah. yeah. All the kids will start hitting their walls simultaneously. Right, so please spend your entire day about driving a, in for a forty-five minute party. What about a bowling party? I get on oh, no, a four-year-old's a little young for that. Four-year-olds are worthless. Like. What can you have? You, you you bounce off each other for two seconds, you eat some cake, and then you fall down and you cry. Like, that's that's the whole party. Well, here's the other plan. So we don't know where to do it. The other thing is the theme. Because Frozen's still hot after 10 million years. But we already had Anna and Elsa. And if we mm-hmm. keep bringing them back, we keep going to the well, eventually the jig's going to be up, right? So we said maybe Princess theme and maybe Belle and Ariel, who – or I guess her favorites after Anna and Elsa, although she hasn't actually seen Beauty and the Beast yet because she thinks it's too scary. But she knows um, who Belle is. She knows who Belle is. She knows who Ariel is. I think Ariel's always weird at a party because she's a if you go with legs, Ariel, <laughs> that's weird because she's not special anymore. Yeah. And if you go with mermaid, Ariel, there's a chick in a like, weird skirt standing in the middle of the room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's hard to have the mermaid version because you've always got to keep like pouring water on her. <laughs> and to keep her moist, you know, put wet towels over her torso. It's very, it's a very strange. Blowing on the side of her neck so she doesn't <laughs> suffocate. Oh, I forgot that one of the, the best location that my wife could find was the Swedish Museum in Andersonville. <laughs> the funny thing about that is, of course, that neither of us are Swedish. So it's going to be a bunch of Italians and African-Americans in a Swedish Heritage Museum. And the kids, I've been in it. It's awesome. Uh, the kids dress up like little Swedish immigrants. And then it's a it's a play museum like anything else, but they reenact the Swedish immigrant experience by like being in a log cabin and pulling fake radishes out of the ground and splitting fake logs, which is cute to watch, but also really weird for a birthday party. Like, let's try to make it through our first Minnesota winter. We'll see who survives. Is that unique to the Swedish immigrant experience or is that just the immigrant experience? I guess it's pretty much the immigrant experience. There's something about the vegetables they choose and the, the <laughs> choice of costume that makes it seem Swedish. So we thought for, for that, it, that's the other thing. If we have it at the Swedish Museum and then How many Ariel and Belle show up. Yeah. Right, exactly. I guess the Swedish princess, the closest thing would be Anna and Elsa again. You've thrown uh, – yeah, that's true. Otherwise, you're throwing off your continuity altogether. Right. You don't want Jasmine showing up in harem pants. When everybody's dressed up like they're in Saint Olaf. Not to get off topic, but speaking of poor continuity, the 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 newest Disney like Disney made like Disney Channel movie to come out is this Descendants, which is about the children of all the evil villains in Disney stories, fairy tale oh, right. villains. Because uh, Kristen Chenoweth is Maleficent, so suddenly Maleficent is four feet tall. Yes, and squeaky voiced. These are the villains that all live together, or at least you know live on this island together, and their kids go to school together. So it's the evil queen from Snow White, 
Maleficent, Cruella DeVille, and Jafar. Jafar? Jafar. They all live in different time periods in they different all, countries. Yes. And they all get killed at the end of their movies. Oh, that's, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so at what, at what point in their time frame, at what point in the continuity do they all have a crash pad together? Yeah, in the same era. Like in the same, right. yeah. So I figured they I, they must have just thought people will, uh, they'll just look past this. and There's just this brief time where they all got time scooped. So you could do, you know, you could flip the script a little bit and do a do a Descendants theme where you just have all the villains come. Villains come. Daughter. Okay, that would be baller. Yeah. So, do you imagine Viva's face when Maleficent walks in? Uh-huh. And Ursula slithers <laughs> in Ursula. with her, like, Lovecraftian nightmare body. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. What about another? You're you're a theater person. What about a theater, like renting out a theater or something, or a space? Well, like there's that. a busman's holiday. Do you want to be in a theater <laughs> on your day off? <laughs> That's true. Now we did consider because we have such uh, so much access to cheap entertainment labor, that uh, musical theater entertainment labor. That maybe we'd go ahead with the Swedish Museum, even though we're not Swedish, and then we have four kids come in dressed as ABBA. Four year olds like ABBA. The four year olds. Right? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they like their later stuff. They're not as familiar with their early with their early albums. <laughs> well, they like to disco. Like they like to dance. Kids like to dance. I don't think they know. I don't think they know they're discoing when they disco. They just. What if we the get music. the the ABBA actors to come in and teach the kids how to disco, and then they see that girl watch that scene and dig the Dancing Queen, and then eat cake. I think you'd get kicked out of the Swedish Museum for like being offensive. They consider that like racist or something. I don't know. Right, they're carrying you out the door. Oh, would you prefer an Ace of Base? Well, folks, it's time for another episode of the Paternity Test to bequeath Grandpa's childhood-led smelting kit to our children. Follow us on Twitter at the Dad Test. Like us on Facebook and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Catch us Tuesdays at chicagoparent.com. Call our voicemail, 657-BAD-DADS, and tell your friends about the show. And consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link at paternitypodcast.com. Your money for us means our souls for you. All right, everybody, remember... A druid dropping raw meat in your local playground could be a sign of cult activity or it could just be the latest hipster food trend. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. (laughs) 